This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Very busy day in the Canadian Football League. Who better to talk to on Sports Talk with Jock than our CFL insider, the one, the only, uh, Glenn Suter from TSN. Mr. Suter, Happy New Year. How are you, my friend? Yeah, Happy New Year. I guess we could still say that even though we're well into <laughs> January, Jock. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Hope uh, 2017 is off to a good start for everybody. Well, it's been a busy day. Here we are on January the, the 24th. Uh, let's start off with the big news of the day. Uh, of course, Henry Burris makes it official today. He has officially retired from the Canadian Football League. I don't know what more we can say about Henry Burris, but what a way to go out. Go out on top. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he wrote the perfect ending to a fantastic career, a Hall of Fame career. He should be a first ballot guy. That's um, a no-brainer. Just look at the stats. The numbers speak for themselves. Uh, but I, I think his legacy will be more than that. It'll be you know, physically the powerful, strong arm that he that he has and, and that he played with it, that Henry Burris threw the ball as hard as any quarterback in the league's history. He, he had a, a gun. Um, that's the physical element, the big smile, the personality. Um, and then there's the and this will be a big part of his legacy, I truly believe, is the is the make the doubters prove them wrong. Make, make shut shut the doubters up. Mm-hmm. All the people that criticize, and that even included um, coaches, general managers that gave up on him. And you know whether it was Calgary or Hamilton, and and they decided to go with a younger guy, a different guy, and and Burris at that time, um, you know, was thought to be too old, and and they said, you know, we, we're going in a different direction. Burris gets pushed to another team, and he takes that team to a championship as well. So I think all of that will be part of this guy's legacy. The big smile, the cannon for an arm, and the fact that he continually silenced the doubters. The passion, the arm, the philanthropy, I think, is another one you can uh, you can throw in there, too, because it didn't matter if he was in Saskatchewan here in Calgary, in Ottawa. This is a guy that truly cared about the Canadian Football League. It, it, absolutely. And and really sincerely appreciated the opportunity mm-hmm. um, and did his best to go out in the community, use his celebrity for good for good rather than, uh, you know, bad. And I and hey, listen, we, we all know that there were mm-hmm. moments in his career that he had a few headlines that he would like to have back. Uh, but I'm not sure that anyone who plays that long is going to have those moments. Uh, I think that's pretty common to most people because we're all human. But the bottom line being that he, he did so much good in the community and so much with kids and charities wherever he was. I mean, it didn't it didn't matter. He didn't really have a favorite city. If he moved to Calgary, moved to from Saskatchewan to Calgary, Calgary to Hamilton, he would go into the community and do his best in all of those places. And that's part of it, too. I, you know, I just... I will forever remember the smile. I will forever remember him looking into the camera and being angry with people that <laughs> criticize him and then going out onto the field and proving them wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think that ending in Ottawa really tied a bow on what was his legacy and his entire career. And in a way, as much as it hurts here in Calgary, it was kind of fitting he did it against the Calgary Stampeders, uh, you know, an organization that did say goodbye to him and, and thought he was past his uh, best before date, you know, five, six years ago. 
Yeah, the only the only way he could have made it better uh, throughout the entire time is to have won that Grey Cup in 13 as a Hamilton Tiger Cat against his old team, Saskatchewan. Yeah, true enough, true <laughs> at enough. At the time, but I, I'm not sure anybody was beating Darian Durant in Saskatchewan <laughs> that year. But, you know, the the bottom line is you're, you're right. You're right, Jock, that, you know, this wasn't just another Calgary team either. This was one of the winningest, most powerful Calgary teams in league history or any team in league history in the regular season. Uh, the drama of his injury and the theater that that created before the game even started. And then to go out and just, again, gun the ball with that strong arm and one leg and and win that championship. You can't write a better script for him. And I, I, have, a, I have a strong suspicion. Well, let me say, and maybe even some inside information, that you won't, uh, you'll be seeing Henry Burris in the in the next little while, either on your TV or listening to mm-hmm. him on the radio, or both. <laughs> hmm. Let me see. You're connected with Bell Media. No, I won't go down that path. But you do have some insider information, uh, without a doubt. And and uh, he made it quite clear he's staying in Ottawa. He's got some opportunities in Ottawa, and and I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic for Henry Burris. Glenn Suter's our CFL insider, uh, joining us tonight on Sports Talk with Jock. So, yeah, yeah, Hall of Fame without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Fame without a doubt it'll be a travesty if he's not uh, where do we rank Henry Burris all time now we'd like to reflect back you know obviously Anthony Calvillo Damon Allen maybe have a few more sexier you know numbers but uh, you got to put this guy top five of all time don't you you do yeah um, this is this is a tough one because I, I think we always try to sort of rank players sure. and, and and that's fun and it's fair and players understand it too and in fact when they're in the top five they absolutely love it so let's not kid ourselves but uh, it's kind of like your your favorite music or your favorite band. There's there's sort of a real personal attachment to making that decision. I mean, some people love Warren Moon for what he did and and how he did it. Some people were, you know, big Ron Lancaster fans or a Doug Flutie fan. You know, I, I, I'm personally uh, you know biased towards a colleague of mine and Matt Dunnigan because I love the way he approached the game and how hard he played and how physical he was as a quarterback. So you take those sort of personal opinions out of the mix. I think you're ranking Henry Burris in the top five for sure. The numbers speak for themselves. So based on numbers alone and championships, this is not the Dan Marino type guy who was a fantastic player, but didn't get that championship. This is, this is a, not only a a champion, but a, an MVP in, in those games. He's a, an MVP in the league, or an MOP in our in our case, but an outstanding player in our league as well. So he's in the top five. Well, there's no question. Here in Calgary, we've had five quarterbacks win that MOP award, and, and when you put them in the same category as Bo Levi Mitchell, Dave Dickinson, Doug Flutie, Peter Lisk, you know, that, that's a pretty select, you know, crowd, and, and so we're, we're very fortunate here in Calgary to have outstanding quarterbacks. Now, Glenn, before I let you go, there, there's another former Stampeder making some news today. I really didn't like the timing of this one because this was supposed to be Henry Burris's day, but Jim Barker uh, was let go today by the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, first of all, uh, are you surprised with the timing? I am. Um, not necessarily with the Burris decision because I think he just sort of decided and, you know, talked to his family and then said, hey, now that we've made the decision, let's let's make it public right away before the speculation goes out of control. So mm-hmm. I, I think that was sort of unfortunate with regards to the Toronto announcement. But the timing is strange to me because they've waited this long. Um, you know, I, I know that, that the, the organization is new to the, 
you know, running up a football franchise. So, you know, they're trying to make sure they're they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's and, and doing all the due diligence that they need to do to, to make this transition. I'm sure that discussion started the moment their season was over in Toronto. But, you know, they needed to have more of a sense of urgency, in my opinion, to get this done sooner so it maybe opened up more candidates, uh, gave them a little bit more time. I mean, we're right around the corner to free agency. They do have some people in place that can look at that and continue to build the roster. But, you know, if, if Scott Milanovic is sort of hanging there now before a new GM is hired, because that new GM might have his own ideas mm-hmm. as to who the head coach should be. So, you know, I, I want to think, Jock, that they have a plan in place and we're just making sure sort of covering themselves to make sure that, you know, their candidates that they have on a short list that no one knows about right now, um, they're ready to pull the trigger on one of those guys, and they weren't going to let Jim Barker go until that was sort of solidified. I, I want to believe that's the plan because if this was just wait this long and then get rid of Jim Barker with no plan or candidates ready to go, then the timing is terrible. Yeah, no, I, that's a great point. Uh, I got a text from Jim today, and you know, I sent him. Uh, you know, I said, "Hey, hate to see uh, good people leave. It's the crappy part of the business." Uh, you know, he appreciated the text that I that I got from him. So hopefully, later on this week, we'll be able to talk to uh, Jim Barker as well. But I'll say this: you know, Jim Barker, great guy, always good promoting the Canadian Football League, always good promoting the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, unfortunately, that Drew Willie trade is the, is the one trade that a lot of people are still questioning. Yeah, no question, and. You know, and the way the season ended, and mm-hmm. I think I think the expectation in BMO that they fell short of, which wasn't his fault necessarily, uh, but he, you know, he'll wear some of it as well. So, unfortunate, but it is part of the business, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I mean, a GM and a good eye for talent is is valuable when it comes to professional sports, as you know. Another former Calgary Stampeder making news today is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders make it official. Uh, Kevin Glenn has, uh, you know, signed to sort of be a mentor slash maybe starter with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders now that Darian Durant is no longer in the picture. Uh, I, I don't think that's a huge surprise considering, you know, the I'm not sure what the, the ultimate plan is for the quarterbacking situation in Saskatchewan. Yeah, my, my read here on that one is that this is sort of the bridge to James Franklin for Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, he's he's under contract, Franklin, in Edmonton for one more year. Uh, they've been trying to sign him to an extension. I don't think that they're getting very close in that regard. At least that's what I'm hearing. So that would indicate to me that Franklin knows what could be potentially available for him in one year, in one more season, and may ride it out in, in Edmonton being way underpaid as one of the sort of top prospect backup quarterbacks in the league. And then, and then Chris Jones will pull the trigger on that deal and, and get him signed as a starter in 18. The problem with that plan is Chris Jones can't be one and six to start the season with Kevin Glenn or whomever else he has playing quarterback over there because I'm not sure the patience will be there for, you know, a real terrible start around Labor Day for him. So I think he's trying to sort of build a bridge between the beginning of 2017 with Kevin Glenn that can get him enough wins to win some, maybe get in the playoffs and win a playoff game 
and then get to 18 and get the quarterback that he's been hunting for. Glenn Suter, our CFL insider, uh, joining us a special occasion here on Sports Talk with Jocka. Glenn, before I let you go, i got to talk quickly about CFL free agency. February the 14th is not that far away. Here in Calgary, a boy in Huff we trust. Uh, he is really taking care of business. He has signed 10 players, including you know Charleston Hughes, Cordero LaPierre, Lavertu today, the two kickers. Go down the list. I know there's still some issues here, but you know in Calgary they seem to be taking care of business. Do we still think February 14th is going to be, you know, a crazy time in the Canadian football league. I, I think it will be from now on. I, I think year in and year out, it will be until they change mm-hmm. the rule. If they're going to on one year contracts, you're going to have top players in the league, all stars year after year. We're going to be trying to, you know, become free agents and, and see if they can increase their, their contract uh, value. So, I think it's going to be busy. It'll be exciting this year, but you're right. Huffnagel's got the right idea. Get him signed before you get the free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's so true. And I know here in Calgary that they still want to see maybe Markway McDaniel get signed. You know, you've lost Frank Beltre to the NFL. Uh, maybe Derek Dennis to the NFL. Maybe Micah Johnson to the NFL. But, you know, the, the rest of the league probably is taking notice of what Calgary is doing, I would think. Yeah, and that's we're going to see a little bit of that, a little bit more of that every year, too, where... Mm-hmm players are getting a chance in the NFL, which is, is, is good because we can follow our players that we've seen in our backyard in the NFL. And we also open up the eyes to a lot of young talent playing college football in the South to say, you know, Canada's a cool alternative and, and a great league, and I might go play up there. So the talent level gets better up here because of that. Okay, I know you don't like to make predictions in the CFL, but before I let you go, NFL predictions, Super Bowl 51, Patriots v. the Falcons. Who do you like? I'm not betting against Belichick. (laughs) I've lost too much money against Belichick and Brady. I'm taking them. It's amazing what they've done. Seven trips to the Super Bowl, you know, 11 AFC championships. It is uh, truly amazing. Hey, Glenn, it's always great talking football. Thanks so much for uh, your, your time tonight. Thanks, Jack. All right, there you have it, our CFL insider, Glenn Suter, on the home of the Calgary Stampeders. We've got to take a quick timeout. We'll update that out-of-town scoreboard. More bad news for the Calgary Flames, as it looks like they will lose again tonight. Still scoreless on this road trip. And, of course, we'll get to the Sports Geek of the Day. Maybe hear a little bit from Chris Jones as well. This is News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 630 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary. CHQR.